0: Hello, and thank you for listening to today's broadcast from Stony Point Baptist Church with Pastor Jim England. Today's message continues the series, Jesus' Ministry in the Gospel of Luke. And now, here's Brother Jim. Hey, I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're going to look together in the Gospel of Luke this morning. We've been going through uh, Luke, and so we're in chapter 10. We're moving down this morning to verse 38 Luke chapter 10, verse 38, Mary and Martha, two sisters looking at together, Luke 10, verse 38, it, said, it says, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who, was, who also sat at his feet and heard his word. Let's have prayer together. Lord, I just thank you for a chance to gather in your house to honor you today, to study your word. And we know your word is powerful, it's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it, it ministers to us. You know exactly where we're at, what each of us need, and I just ask that today that you would just minister. And Lord, it's just so miraculous that we're so different. And yet, Lord, you can take a passage and you can be able to speak to each of us. And so, Lord, I just ask your Holy Spirit would have a freedom, a free reign today. And may you just minister, and I just ask your will could be done. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I heard about a teacher that was teaching in Britain, and she was teaching uh, world religions and about geography, and, and so she decided to quiz the students, and so she said, I'm going to name a place, and then you tell me what the most prominent religion is in that place than that place. And so she asked about India, and so one of the children raised her hand, Hinduism. She said, that's right, you're right. She said, the Middle East, and another child raised a hand, Islam. She said, correct, good. She said, what about here, Britain? What about here? Child raised, she called on him, he said, uh, hypocrisy, (laughs) ooh. Well, you know, that kind of hits home a little bit. You know, revival, we talked about it was taking place in Asbury. And, you know, one of the, the passages that the chaplain had shared from, he had shared from Romans chapter 12 and verse 9 the following. And the, the verse 9 just says, love without hypocrisy. You know, to be honest, revival can happen anywhere. Whenever we're willing to submit ourselves to God, and what happened was somebody just got up and confessed. Some type of hypocrisy, some type of sin. When we get serious with God, sometimes when we think about sin, we just think about big things. But Sometimes it can be just hypocrisy in attitude or something that's entered into our life. Love without hypocrisy. Now, You might think this is kind of a strange passage to be able to look at when you're introducing it in this manner, But here we've got a family that you sure wouldn't think of anything about hypocrisy. We've got a wonderful family, brothers and sisters, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And what they've done, they have just made a place for the Lord to be able to come when he was in the area and just needed a place to stay, they just opened up their place. They said, you just come here. Anytime you're around Jerusalem, Bethany was just a place about less than two miles outside of Jerusalem, about two miles, and so you just come here. And so Jesus and the disciples could just have a freedom to be able to pop in and to be able to have a place to rest, a place to be taken care of. Isn't that great to be able to offer your home in that manner? To say, Lord Jesus, we want you so much, you just come anytime. And so it became for Jesus and the disciples a place of refuge. A refuge is a place that's safe, a place where you don't have all the stresses and strain. Let me tell you something that's what home should be. Home should be a place of refuge. That when you come from work, from the factory, from school, and you have all this pressure, peer pressure, It's just nice to come home and know that there's somebody that cares for you and loves you. A place of refuge, and that's what they made this. It was a place of relaxation, as a place where Jesus and his disciples could come and they could be able to relax a little bit. That they could be able to eat, and apparently, Martha was a great cook. (laughs) And they would be able to have fun and laugh and rest. And isn't that what... What a great place. And a place of restoration. A place where they could be able to come and actually Jesus could teach the disciples. And so it's not just people making demands, but it was just a freedom to be able to teach. And so that's what they offered. Isn't that great? So they offered that to them. And here in this passage, then the day comes and Jesus and the disciples, they show up. And... Apparently, maybe it was a little late, but they show up and Mary says, Jesus is going to teach. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go and to listen to Jesus teach. And so it's just interesting that we find in verse uh, 39 that says Mary was at Jesus' feet. Now, what was unusual, it wasn't God prohibited women from studying and, and reading the Bible But women did not sit at the rabbi's feet. They weren't discipled by the rabbi. And some had said, it's a waste of time to just teach women. But obviously, Jesus didn't feel that way. Because here's Mary at his feet, and Jesus is not prohibiting that. He's not stopping that. Because the truth of the matter is that the Bible, the Word of God, impacts anybody's life. And every single person needs to be able to know as much as they can about Scripture, about as much as they can about truth. And Jesus felt that way, and so Mary's here at his feet. See, Jesus said this in, in Luke six forty-seven. Talking about what a true disciple is, he said, It's one who comes to me and hears my words and acts upon them. In chapter 8, verse 21, talking about true brethren, he said, It's those who hear the word of God and keep it or do it or practice it. Uh, Chapter 11, verse 28, he says something similar. He said, "Blessed. Blessed are those who hear the word of God. Do it. They keep it. They put it into practice. Remember the sowing the seed parable? Jesus said the person in chapter 8, verse 15, that has the good soul, it's those, it's the ones who have heard the word with a noble, with a honest, with a good heart, and they keep it. They hold it fast. They bear fruit with patience. God's word Let's see, there's a pastor, his name's Jeff Shreve, pastor's in Houston, Houston, Texas. And so he was talking about his daughter, his middle daughter. He said she'd come in from college, and he said, my middle daughter, uh, he said, there's a lady that was in our church, he named her name, it was Ada Ferguson. He said she was just such a wonderful lady, had such good advice, and my family loved her, and he said, so my daughter, she was older, and when she come in from college, she just went to, have, to visit her she said, and Miss Ferguson shared with her something that just impacted her. She pulled out a Bible and she said, every year I get me a new Bible. And she said, every year I read through the Bible. And she said, and what I do is, she said, I'll pick out one of my children, one of my grandchildren, or a friend, niece, nephew, and I'll put their name in that Bible. And she said, and then I'll put throughout that Bible as I read, I'll underline things that have stood out to me. She said, if I've got room, sometimes I'll write down a prayer or I'll just write down something that the Lord has showed me. And at the end of the year, I give them that Bible. He said, well, she come home and she said to herself, I'm going to do that. And she said, you know, I don't know who I'm going to marry, but I'm going to do that for my future husband see her mother had taught her she said one day God's got somebody special for you just like he did Ruth in the Old Testament and Ruth she finally found her Boaz and one day God is going to give you a Boaz so she got this Bible and at the very beginning of it she wrote to my Boaz she didn't know what the guy's name would be so she just called him Boaz ended up being a fellow named Travis but Her dad, she let him have permission, and he he shared one of the prayers that she had in here. So here's what she said. She said, Dear Lord, thanks so much for your word. And, Lord, I pray for my future husband, Boaz. Strengthen him. Draw him near to you. Lord, please bless him with an understanding of the scriptures. Let him lead me and my family and prepare him to be the man that you that you want him to be and desire for him to be. In your name, amen. See, that's somebody that loved God's word. That was Mary. She loved God's word, and she knew that God's word could impact her, and she wanted to hear it. And so there she was at Jesus' feet. Now, it wasn't an excuse to be able to not do work, not to do chores. Nobody should be able to use God's words as an excuse to get you out of responsibility. But she wanted to worship, then work. She wanted to honor God first, and that's how we should be. Billy Graham talked about his father-in-law, Dr. Nelson Bell, and he was a missionary in China. He was a medical missionary in China. And so, serving in China, he was in charge of a 400-bed hospital. He was the only doctor. That's a lot of responsibility. But because he had that much responsibility, that much work, he got up at 430 and would spend at least an hour, two hours, sometimes three reading God's Word and in prayer because he had so much to do. He wanted to make sure that he was in line with God. And he took time to know God's word. And they said, Dr. Bell knew the word of God. He could quote scripture. He knew scripture. And he was prepared for the day because he spent time with God. And so that's what Mary's doing. We get a picture of Mary. Well, then in this passage, we see Martha. Martha is mentioned first, and she's probably the oldest She's the one that's just full of responsibility. And so Martha just uh, carries pressure upon her. And so we see that Martha, the Bible tells us here in verse 41, no, verse 40, excuse me, that she was distracted. See, Jesus and his disciples had come in and they had fed them. And I'm sure there were times where they said, Martha, that is so good. You make the best. And whatever it was they were eating that day, they would just brag upon her, and they would just say, you are so good. And so she felt that she had a responsibility to take care of them. She had set a standard, and she needed to meet that standard. If I'm going to fix a meal, I can't let them. It's got to be good. Now, it could have been that they come late that day. Maybe she had just planned to have soup and bread, something simple. But here they come now animal had to be killed there's a lot of just work and preparation and it was just a lot of pressure that she felt upon her and she became distracted distracted of what distracted that the son of god's there distracted that Jesus is here teaching distracted that he's there and you have a chance to be with him but she just feels this weight now, many of you can relate to her. Listen, there's ladies that's trying to do jobs, that's uh, trying to cook, trying to clean. There's a lot of work. And many of you can just feel the stress, the strain, the pressure. There's men that feel that. You come in, there's things to do around the house. There's farm, There animals have got to be taken care of. S- there's accidents that take place. You're not expecting this. And all of a sudden, what was a good day... It's stressful. There's a lot of strain. That's how she felt, and she became distracted. Not only did she become distracted, but she's disgusted. She's alone. She starts looking, and there's her sister. Now, if her sister was to help, maybe she could pull it off. But there's her sister down there at Jesus' feet, and she becomes angry, disgusted. You can can understand when things... uh, when you're serving, and things aren't going right, because what we see is the joy is gone. It's, you know, it was a joy to serve God. But now, she's, this day, she's not joyful. <laughs> In fact, she's not joyful. She's angry at others. And do you know what she does? She interrupts Jesus. He's teaching. <laughs> and she's so upset that she interrupts Him. She says, Lord... Don't you care? So not only is she interrupting Jesus, but she's basically, she's doubtful. She asks it in a way, do you really love me? You really appreciate me? You really care about me? You're allowing my sister to sit right here. Now, where's her place? Her place is with me. Her place is to help me. And so she begins to, Question even God. It kind of reminds you of, that's what Satan does. Satan wants us to question God. He wants us to question his love, his compassion, and what he's about. Now, I don't want to be hard on Martha. Thank goodness for ladies like Martha. So Jesus says, Martha, Martha. He says her name two times. It's an intimate way for him to be able to talk to her. One of the good things, Jesus can be gentle with us. And he's gentle here. He said, Martha, there's a lot of things that you're worrying about that just really aren't, don't need to be worried about. Most worries, they never happen. And he says, Martha, keep it simple. Jesus and them just showed up. Soup and bread would have been fine. They didn't have to have the best. They just showed up that day. They'd have been happy. He said, Martha, your sister has chosen to sit here and listen. I'm not taking the word from her. I'm not taking She's chosen the best thing. You see, we need to be able to worship God and then serve. Mary and Martha, what about them? Do you think this lesson set in? I think it did. Do you know, in John's gospel, in the 11th chapter, there we find that their brother Lazarus died. They send for Jesus when he was sick and he never come. He comes afterwards. And there, Jesus shows up. And when he does, Martha runs out to be able to meet Jesus. When she does, they have this conversation. And Martha said to him, verses verse 21 of chapter 11, she said, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will grant, give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And listen to what she said. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ The Son of God who has come into the world. You know who else said that? Peter. The great confession. Peter said something very similar to that. And you know what Jesus said to Peter? Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, Peter. This only comes by the Spirit of God. How could Martha be able to say these words? Because she must have sat at Jesus' feet. She must have heard him teach about the resurrection. She heard him, and she became convinced by the power of the Word of God, by the power of his words, and by the Spirit of God at work, he is the very Son of God. And so Mary, Martha makes this confession. See, she made a change. Now, when you get to chapter 12, Jesus, once again, they're having a meal for him. You know what's interesting? Here's what it says about Martha, and Martha served. You see, it's not that Jesus keeps us from doing the things that we like, but when we've got Christ, he helps us to be able to enjoy those things. And Martha serves. You know what the Bible tells us? That he, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship. And that word workmanship means just that masterpiece. God is at work in our lives, shaping and molding us. We are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Jesus is creating us so that we could be serving. And that's what happens. Martha is able to continue to serve. What about Mary? Mary sit at Jesus' feet. And there in John chapter twelve, Mary takes some oil, perfume, very expensive stuff. They're having that meal, and Mary comes and pours it upon Jesus. She probably heard a story of Jesus that happened earlier, where a woman had been forgiven so much that she had done just something similar. This is the most expensive thing probably Mary had, and she wanted to be able. She had sat at Jesus' feet, and here's something that she knew. Jesus was going to die, and so she anoints him with this. Why does she do it? Because she had worshipped God. She had worshipped Christ. And she had heard Him. The disciples, they had a hard time hearing, I'm going to die. She heard. And she anoints Him. You see, it took a lot of courage. Sometimes it takes courage to act in faith. Sometimes it takes courage to be able to worship. Was she criticized? Yes. You know what Judas said? (laughs) <laughs> that could have been sold. What is she doing? That's a waste of money. The other disciples just joined in with him. Jesus said, no. What she's done is what was needed to be done for me. You see, we stop and we look at this. Love without hypocrisy. Is there things and areas in which we're serving, which we say, God, I'm doing this for you, but actually, my ego is important. Actually, I do want to be noticed and patted on the back. Listen, love without hypocrisy. Is our attitude the problem? If we really want revival, we just need to be able to get clean with God. Maybe there's something in our life that's not right, and we need to give it up. Maybe there's a sin that we are practicing, and we need to be able to turn from that. Or maybe we just need a change in our attitude. God is still at work and he's not only at work up around Wilmore God's at work here his presence is here and he's wanting to do a work in our life we're going to be taking up the Lord's Supper today it is important that we examine ourselves and prepare ourselves the altar is open we're going to stand together, we're going to have prayer and then we're going to sing a an invitation altar is open and if you need to come I want you to come All right, let's stand together, let's pray. Lord, will you bless us during this time? I just ask, Lord, it would be a sacred time that you would just help each of us to examine ourselves. May your will be accomplished. Lord, there may be somebody here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior. And Lord, may they be able to make that great confession that Jesus is the very Son of God. And Lord, may they receive you today as their personal Lord and Savior. Uh, will you just bless this time may your will be done in Jesus name amen thank you for listening to Pastor Jim England if you missed a sermon or would like to re-listen to a message you can find Brother Jim on Spotify Google and Apple under Stony Point podcast with Jim England God bless you